Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. There was somebody waiting for Jesus to come. And I just want to read him into your hearing if I can. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When Je this is St. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished of the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. I want you to get excited about that. His name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. According to that which is said in the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's the part I want to get back to. The consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, just like he was upon us. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Before he sees the Savior, he's not going to die. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou servant be part in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. May he take a seat in the name of the Lord Jesus. This week I was thinking about the fact that we are waiting. This is what Advent is about. Anticipation of this moment of Christ's birth. I told you um, excitedly, giving you my message ahead of time, 400 years before we've heard anything from the Lord. 400 years have passed between Malachi and Matthew. It's a long time to wait. You know how long it felt when we were in lockdown with, with COVID. Two years felt like, that was, that was two, it felt like 15 years. At the end of COVID lockdown, I'm telling you, I did not know, and this is not a joke, I did not know my own age. Like, I couldn't, like, I had been keeping, like, I knew my age, I knew the date of birth, but the year didn't mean anything to me now. I was 46 for the whole time of COVID. I couldn't, my mind wasn't moving forward properly. The, it kind of messed up my pattern. The seasons weren't right. I wasn't out when it was supposed to be hot and I wasn't out in when it was supposed to be cold. I was in the whole time. It had kind of messed me up. What's happening in these 400 years is this waiting. This earnest waiting, it's messed with the entire psyche of a nation. And you know what the funny thing is about the thing I've said? Lots of people have said this. Like everybody's experienced the same kind of thing at the same kind of time. What we're seeing when we open Matthew, Luke, Mark and John is a actual nation wanting desperately to hear from the Lord. 
in earnest anticipation. And so I've read to you about the man they refer to as Simeon. Simeon has, is an old man and he knows that Israel is in trouble. In fact, the last time when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about how Israel was under attack. Sorry, Judah was under attack from the Assyrians. And throughout the, the, the history between those 400 years, the things that have happened are the Assyrians, Babylonians attacked, Assyrians attacked, Greeks attacked, Romans attacked. Everybody's been attacking this nation, taking over from where the last oppressor left off. So at this moment, you can say to yourself, Man, they are waiting for some deliverance. Yes. <laughs> for them, the birth of Christ wasn't just waiting for a gift. It was waiting for the gift. This wasn't about getting an Xbox. <laughs> this wasn't about getting a yes, brand new coat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This was getting out of our oppression. They were looking for, waiting for anticipation that the Savior would come and fix some things that were problems with them. <laughs> and so we get to Simeon. Verse 21 says, sorry, verse, um, verse 21, let's read there. And when eight days were, were, were accomplished, can you read me for that, sir? And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name should be called Jesus. And jump down to verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So what does consolation mean? I have to kind of talk, I've kind of heard this word multiple times through my years, and I really wanted to dig into what the consolation, what consolation really means. And I was looking at it, and the, the fundamental definition is that basically a person or thing providing comfort to somebody who's suffering. It's a personal thing that provides comfort to somebody who's suffering. So one of the obvious ways to think about this is, imagine you're in a competition and two people are supposed to win. Well, only one person can win, two people are in the competition. They give a consolation prize, right? They give a, a kind of a prize to the person who lost. The kind of prize is designed to make sure, I know you're hurting right now. I know you lost the game, I know you lost the match but I'm gonna make you feel better with this silver medal. Uh, silver's good, bronze is good, but gold is the real thing we want. But because only one person can get gold, they give a consolation prize to the loser, right? It's designed to make you feel better, right? And what's happened at this moment is that this man Simeon knows the condition of the people of Israel. He knows what they've been through. He knows the history, some of which I've told you last week or the week before. We talked about the fact that they'd been oppressed and repressed and dominated and, and turned upside down. Their beliefs pushed away from them, barely hanging on. And this man is waiting to get relief because he knows we've been losing the battle this whole time. And so verse 25 again, let's read that again in context now. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. I don't know if you've ever been through something and felt disappointment. Yes, sir. And then somebody comes along and tries to make you feel better for all yes, what you've been through. Right. Yes, sir. Oh, man, I know that was an awful day for you. 
But here, I've fixed a meal for you. I've run you a bath. <laughs> here, here, don't worry about it. It's got the ointments in it and everything. Just don't do nothing. No, don't want you to, don't think about cooking. Don't think about cleaning. I've got it. You're sick, you're not well. Something's happened. I'm gonna make this better. By the time you've got to the end of the consolation, you know what, you forgot what the thing is you've lost. Because the consolation is designed to make it better. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you've lost, it only matters what is right now. And the consolation is designed to make it better. So verse 25 again. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So the Holy Ghost is on him and he's telling him, I'm going to make this right. And what does it go on to say? And it was, verse 26, revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You get the impression by this scripture that Simeon is no longer a young man. You get the impression from this that Simeon isn't a young man. He's been, he's been experiencing what he's going through. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing about this moment is, he's not saying you're going to get another however many years to make up for the lost years. He's saying, I'm going to make the new years good, even though you've lost all those years. Like there's no take, take backs for the years you've lost. But the consolation isn't designed to fix that. The consolation is designed to fix the now. I can't take away from the battles you've lost. I can't refix those problems that have been there. And I'm not going to deny that they exist. But the consolation isn't designed for the past. The consolation is designed for the now and for the future. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Part of the problem of hurt is that it makes you stuck in an incident that has happened before. <laughs> By very definition, imagine now you get hit in a car accident and you get bruised. The incident is over. But the bruise tells you yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on, it's come not on. over. Come on, sir. Yes, sir. And yes, you sir. carry the bruise, the hurt, yes. with you. Yes. Even yes, though yes. the accident is in the past, yes, sir. Right. even though the accident was a particular location yes, over there, yes. the bruise I carry with me. Yes. That's right. That's right. And so the past becomes the present. Yes. Do you see that? Yes, sir. When a bruise, what a bruise does is makes you feel pain for something that has already happened. It's like the past sitting with you always. Bruising is a very, I mean, it's, you think I've paid the price with the pain and the bruise said, I'm gonna sit with you until I'm ready to go. And that's what happens in our lives, not just physically. It happens in our hearts too. We get our feelings hurt. And the bruise of that feeling we gotta carry with us now. It doesn't just sit in the past. And right now, th this moment, Simeon's sitting in this moment, and he's getting some relief. Because he knows, you know what Simeon's really done? What the Holy Ghost has done for Simeon? The Holy Ghost has done for Simeon what we do for ourselves when we were children, peeking at those gifts. Okay, it's on. not here now, okay, yes, sir. Yes, but it's going to be soon. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. He had a peek at the gift, yes, sir. right? Yes, sir. A peek at the gift. Come on, sir. Yes, the Holy Ghost came in and said, Simeon, I know you're struggling, and I know you're suffering, and I know you've got problems, but I want you to peek here. Look, something's coming for you, Simeon. Yes, 
I want you to know, yeah, I know you're carrying around hurt. I know you're carrying around pain. I know you're waiting, but the consolation is coming soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, oh, I have Thank you, you to know this. The consolation is coming for you. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You have to believe it. Your consolation is coming. That's why I get so excited about Christmas. Not for the gift, but for the presence of God. Yes, yes. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Waiting 400 years, and now he's here. Hurt for 400 years, now he's here. He's consoling us, making us good, making us feel all right. Oh, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Let's, let's keep moving here, because there's another woman that's been waiting a long time also. Let's go to verse 36. Let's go to verse 36. Yes, sir. And yes. there was one Anna, a uh, yes. prophetess. There was a prophetess, a preacher, somebody who used to, to preach and speak of the glory of God. Let's keep going. The daughter of Phanel of the tribe of Asher. And she was of a great ego ago and, and lived with her husband seven years from the virginity. Yes, so she's been living with her, she had been living, she's of great age, she's an old woman, she'd been living with her husband, she's, her husband's now passed, keep going. And verse 37, and she was a widow about fourscore and seven years, which departed out, not, excuse me, departed not from the, the temple, but served God with fastings and prayer day and night. So what you get the impression here is that Anna's a prophetess. She's been faithful to the Lord. She's been waiting, but she's obviously a widow. And I've talked about widows a lot in the Bible. Widows are one of the most vulnerable classes of people that we know of in the Old Testament. When, you, when the scripture's telling you about widows, they're telling you about people who are the most vulnerable, the most subject to scorn, the ones who are forgotten, the ones who are not thought about. Anna's that one, but in spite of her condition, she is always faithful to God. And what does he say about her service to God? But serve God with fasting and prayer. You know, you know, sometimes we assume that the only way we can serve God is by singing or reading the word or preaching. No, you can serve God just by praying. Like this is how she served God. She prayed. That's how service. It doesn't have to be something something you show everybody. This can be something you do. What what do you do at church? I pray. That's my job. That is a job. That is a purpose. That is a description of a function in the church. I'm a prayer. I pray. I literally go on my knees and start praying for people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What does it say about her? Verse 38, and she coming in that instant. So Simeon, this old guy, sees Jesus, and he literally, and I didn't even describe this part, but he, he grabs Jesus. And I went back and looked, I said, what, what, what part did Simeon play in the service? Because Jesus has come to be circumcised and to be blessed and to offer sacrifice. No part in the temple I could see that Simeon was doing. Simeon came in as a devout person, saw Jesus and was like, that's the Christ, grabs him and starts blessing him. She would have shocked me, I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> right? And then at the same time, Anna comes in. She's also an old woman. She comes in and she has the same feeling upon her. She's a prophetess speaking by prayer and by fasting and she's 
in the spirit on that moment of what it say about her. Verse 38, and she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. Oh, so when he found out Jesus was here, Anna found out Jesus was here. The Holy Spirit started to move a little something here. It's not just, it's a little bit infectious I'm starting to realize now. Well, come on, sir, yes. <laughs> this yes. noting of who sir. Jesus is, yes. oh, excited Simeon, but then Anna came in, oh, I'm, I'm getting some of this too. Come on, sir. Come on, the same instant, let's keep going. And the same instance, and the same instance gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption. In so the she sees him and she starts to tell everybody. I don't think you understand what this child is. Yes, sir. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, you're seeing a baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm seeing redemption. Yes, sir. Oh, my. Yes, sir. I'm seeing consolation. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm seeing help. Yes, sir. Yes. Come on, sir. I am seeing help from the hills. I don't know what y'all are seeing, but I'm seeing deliverance. Come on, sir. 400 years is nothing now because I'm feeling delivered here and now. Ah, uh, glory to God. So this is what we see of Jesus in this, in this um, nativity, in this moment, uh, in this advent, we're waiting for Jesus. But then Jesus starts his ministry. And in chapter 4 and verse 18, he comes back to where this all started. Because he started his ministry in chapter 4, verse 18. Um, but it's important to understand, in fact, we'll start at verse 16. Um, it's important to understand that he's left the area where he grew up and has gone and started his ministry. People like Anna know exactly who he is. People like Simeon know exactly who he is. But everybody else, he's just another guy. <laughs> he's just somebody else. And so in verse four and 16, he comes back to his hometown after starting the ministry, the public ministry. And that's what we see in verse 14 and 16. And this is why it's important to, to conclude here. Please read for me, and sir. He, verse 16, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So we feel, I feel like we've gone full circle here. He was blessed as a child, circumcised as a child, and he's come back to where he's grown up, and he's come here now not to be blessed, but to do something else. Right, let's keep reading. Verse 17, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where... Hold right there. It was written. So just right there. What's important to understand here, we have a whole Bible here with multiple books of the prophets in. That's not how they would have had it. They would have had scrolls of each of the books of the prophet. Right? And we've been reading from the book of Isaiah recently. We've been going back and forth to the book of Isaiah. And in fact, Jesus is about to read from that same book, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. He's about to go read the word of the Lord that was delivered to Isaiah almost 900 years before this moment. 900! We're not talking about 400 now. We're talking about another 500 years on top of that. 900 years before this, the prophet Isaiah speaks. And if we continue to read in chapter 8, verse 18, it says what it says in, in Isaiah 2. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Yes. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Right. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To the poor and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, <laughs> to preach deliverance to the captives, 
and becoming, excuse me, recovering, recovering of sight to the blind and to set liberty to those that are bruised. And verse 19. To preach the true and acceptable year of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Five things that are going on right here that Jesus has basically said in this moment. He said, I have come to bring the gospel to the poor. Yes. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To preach deliverance to captives, to prisoners. Mm -hmm. Give liberty to them that are bruised. Yes, I'm going to come back to that. That's an important one. Preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What I'm loving about this is that Jesus has, is, Jesus' ministry has begun. And he needs to explain to these people not only is he in their presence yes, to deliver them, yes. but they don't recognize him. I can't imagine anything more frustrating than coming to help somebody and them not recognizing that it's actually help. It's like seeing somebody who's drowning in a pool and offering help to them and you throw them a life vest and they turn around and say to you, I don't want that color. They're drowning, mind you. They're drowning. And they say, I don't want that color life vest. Throw me the orange one. It sounds crazy when I say it, but that's what's happened. And so Jesus is here telling them, I have come to help y'all. And 900 years ago, Isaiah was letting you know I was coming. He gave you a peek at the Christmas gift. <laughs> and you've been peeking this whole time and I'm telling you there's no need to peek anymore rip open the gift it's here this is the deliverance you've been waiting for spirit of the Lord is upon me Jesus is saying because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor look who's getting it those who have lost those who didn't get those who were left out, on, those yes. who were rejected, yes. on, those sir. who were hurt, yes, sir. Come I'm come for you. You're doing okay? I ain't, I'm not even worried about you that are doing okay. I've come to you that are hurt. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I, don't, I have nothing against being rich. In fact, I have aspirations of being rich myself one day. I hope it happens to me. <laughs> But one thing I do know about the rich is that you're doing okay, at least in a temporal sense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> you're at least doing okay in that way. Yes, yes, the yes. poor huh, have no advantages. And Jesus says, I'm going to take away the disadvantage that you've been living with the whole time. I've come for you. He says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I don't know if you've ever tried to, to be friends with somebody who's genuinely brokenhearted. It's so difficult because they haven't healed themselves yet. It's difficult for them to love in a right way because their heart is so hurt. They have to help themselves first. Yes, come on, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's tough because it's a broken cycle. I got to try to help you, but you're so hurt you can't be helped. At the same time, I'm trying to help you so that you can help you, but you can't receive it. Jesus is saying, I'm breaking the cycle. I'm going to help the brokenhearted. You don't have to do it for yourself. I'll do it for you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen a dog that has been abused. You can't even help it because it thinks that everything being done to it is an attack. And so it bites everything. 
It's a response of fear, really. And that's what Jesus is saying. I see you broken. Broken hearted. Snapping at everybody trying to help you. And I'm going to break the cycle of the broken heart. I'm going to move in and break the cycle of the broken heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This was a powerful message. I hope you're getting me. This was a powerful moment. Jesus is saying, I'm fixing the stuff that's broken here. Hallelujah. What else does he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yep. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Yes, I'm preaching it to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. I'm going to reset these broken things that you're trying to use. It's difficult to use a heart that's broken. Yes, sir. Imagine you trying to start a car and the car's broken. It's broken, I gotta fix it first. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus say, let me fix you and then you can come nigh to me. Yes, yes, Hallelujah, yes, yes. glory to God. Hallelujah, let's keep reading. To preach deliverance ah. to the captives. No, what he says here, I thought this was really interesting. He says, I'm gonna preach deliverance to the captives. Yes, he isn't setting them free yet. Yes, I'm preaching the word of deliverance. Yes. You know what I'm realizing? We need to have a vision of what freedom looks like before we can get to freedom. Yes, sir. Like, I've got to be told what freedom is first. <laughs> and then I'm going to walk in that what I've been told. Jesus said, I'm going to come preach a word to you that will set your heart free first. Thank you, Jesus. Ain't no sense in releasing a prisoner if his heart is still in the prison. If he cannot see a life outside of prison, he may as well stay there. But the Lord says, I'm going to preach to your heart first. Fix the prisoner mindset within you. The sin-bound heart mindset within you. I'm going to correct that and set you free. But this is the part I've been waiting to get to. What is the last part he says in verse? this verse? To set liberty. Yes. To them that are bruised. Oh, okay. Now this is where I wanted to get to. <laughs> Hurt, trauma in your life creates bruising for the people of God. It bruises you. I don't know if you've ever hurt your hand and then tried to go do something. You've got to wait for the hand to be fixed. Come on, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Come on. For you to get doing the work that you need to do. It's almost impossible to, you kind of have to say, okay, I was going to fix that, but I have to wait till the bruising has come down. I got to wait for that to be fixed first, then I can go about doing something else. So bruising restricts you. Bruising limits you. It limits the range of motion. It limits where you decide you want to go or can go. I've had problems with my back every once in a while. And when it comes on me, I like, I'm going to get it fixed before I can yeah, do anything right. else. Yeah. Like I have to lay down, I have to do my stretches, I have to go into positions and I have to work it through. And then after that, I can do what I need to do. But while I've got the bad back, that's like being in prison. Okay, come on, come on. Yes, yes, yes. And if you need my help, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say no until I've got deliverance from the back pain. So the Lord is looking at hurt people who are trying to hurt, help other hurt people saying you don't even have the tools yet. So let me help you so you can help others. So the hurt and the trauma is causing you to be in prison. 
I don't know if you've ever gone through something in your past and that's the thing you bring with you into a new situation. And they're wondering, why are you upset already? You're not upset at them. You're upset because of what you've been through. And it feels like that again. And they say, well, I didn't upset you. I didn't do that much. Well, oh, it's not you. It's the hurt and the bruising I'm point bringing with me. And you touched a bruise that happened 20 days ago. Come on, come on, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Sir. Yes, sir. It wasn't even really you. Yes, sir. That embrace you gave me didn't hurt. Yes, the bruise from the last encounter hurt. Yes, yes. Come on. So you are limited by your relationships, your friendships, your work. Your goals are all limited by what happened with the bruising in the past. And Jesus said, you think you need help. And I'm going to help what you've been through. Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'm yes, going to heal the bruise yes, yes, come on, sir. so that you can have liberty now. Have liberty now. What does he say? Yes, Give liberty. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Ha! You're yes, not free until you've got the bruise healed. You're not free until you're free of it. Amen, amen. And the right, Lord right. said, I'm going to make you free of it. Yes, it's been 400 years yes, of abuse by the Assyrians. Yes, by the Greeks and by the Romans, by the Babylonians, but I'm gonna set you free. Yes, sir. And yes, I'm gonna heal the bruise. Heal, heal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You no longer have to be restricted by it. You don't have to be in prison to it. Yes. You can now walk in freedom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Freely. Freedom. Yes, sir. Glory to God. I want you to stop listening to the pain of the past. Ah, glory to God. I want you to stop listening to the pain of the past. Stop letting it decide where you're going. Stop letting it decide where you're not going. Stop letting it decide your ministry. Stop letting it decide your friendships. The pain of the past, the Lord said, I will take care of the bruise and I will set you free. Hallelujah, glory to God. I need you to believe in the ministry of Jesus as a healer of the heart, of a healer of the soul. I need you to believe he can do this for you. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to God. Here, before I take my seat, there's one more point that I've got to to dive into. The very last one, he said, I think it's verse 19. Can you read that for me again? Yes. The acceptable year of the Lord. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This by scholars has been determined as best we can to mean the year of Jubilee. (laughs) What Jesus was saying is now that I've come, it is the year year. of Jubilee. Let me explain what the year of Jubilee is. It's a part of the Jewish uh, custom and calendar. Every seven years, we have a wonderful celebration. And every seven sets of seven years is the 49 years, right? The 50th years is the year of Jubilee. So it's almost like seven times seven plus one. 50 years, right? That's this wonderful moment where in celebration of this moment, this first year of every year, What they do is they say every slave, everybody who's enslaved is now free. (laughs) You're freed from bondage. If you are in debt, your debts are erased. Like every 50 years. (laughs) 
Like, we're just doing this. Anybody who's in prison, yes, let them go. Right. Anybody who's got a debt, yes, it's clean. Yes, yes. Oh, I wouldn't mind a year of Jubilee yes, right now. Every debt, everybody who owes, yes. if you had to sell land mm -hmm. to pay a debt for yourself, yes. and you, your family's land and you sold it, mm -hmm. the scripture says, according to the year of Jubilee, you've got to get that land back. Yes. They are restoring that which was taken from you. Jesus is basically saying here, read that one more time. To preach yes. the acceptable year of the Lord. I am here to tell you that the year of Jubilee is here right now. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Anybody who's in debt, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm setting you free. Yes, all right, sir. All right, sir. Anybody who's enslaved to the past, yes, sir. I'm setting you free. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody who can't pay a debt back, I'm erasing the debt for you. Glory to God. Broken-hearted people, maybe the broken heart was your fault. Doesn't matter. This is Jubilee. I'm setting you free. This moment is Jesus telling them, you didn't recognize me like Simeon. You didn't recognize me like Anna. But let me tell you from my own mouth, I am the deliverance you've been waiting for. The deliverance you've been waiting for. Jesus is that deliverance. Anything that was taken from you, the Assyrians took it. The Babylonians took it. The Greeks took it. Yes. The Romans took it. Yes, sir. Right. You've lost a whole bunch, but I'm going to restore you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, after reading the scripture, takes his seat. And it's, the scripture would have been read a thousand times before this moment. But for some reason, everybody just looks at Jesus after he read this. And he says, do you know that this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears right now? Yes. Not will be. Let's just read that, please, for me. Verse yes. Verse 20. And he closed the book. Yes. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Everybody's looking at Jesus now after he just read that. Yes. Scripture that they've read a thousand times, but when Jesus read it, they're all looking at Jesus. Right. Let's keep going. And he began to say unto them, this day... Is this, this day. Yes, sir. Is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? I want you to think about what was said throughout that scripture. Yeah. And he doesn't say it will be fulfilled. Glory to Jesus. He hasn't even gone to the cross yet. Right. And he's saying this day yes, it's fulfilled. <laughs> Look, this is the peak to the present. I'm yeah, telling you right yes, now, Jesus is giving them a peak yes, of yes, the sir. gift that he's given them. And he's saying this day, this day. Yes, the scripture yes, is fulfilled in your ears. You know what? On the 12th day of Christmas, if I know what's in that gift, I'm, I'm lending the happiness for Christmas morning to today. You know how you try to wrap a bike and it's obvious it's a bike? Like you can't wrap up, it's like I know what it is, right? As soon as I know that Jesus is in the building and in the house and in the world, then I'm taking the joy from his being here into my life. I don't have to wait now to Christmas, the joy is now. That's why Jesus says it's fulfilled today. And I don't care what you're waiting for, and I don't care what you're waiting to be healed for, I want you to say with me, this day, 
is this scripture, is this scripture fulfilled, fulfilled in your ears? In your ears. This, day this day is the scripture, is this scripture fulfilled, fulfilled in your ears. In your ears. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word.